You're listening to a previously recorded episode of the Top Rope Review Show. The show is broadcasting live from the Podcast Detroit studios in Royal Oak, Michigan. For more information about the show or our network, please visit www.podcastdetroit.com. You're listening to the Top Rope Review Show. This is WWE Hall of Famer, the Think, Howard Finkel. And I've been asked to make the following announcement. With a combined weight of over 1,000 pounds, broadcasting live from Royal Oak, Michigan, this is the Top Rope Review. Tonight, we are going to witness the most anticipated match in the history of professional wrestling. Let's get back to We're listening to the Top Rope Review Show. Tonight, we are going to witness the most anticipated match in the history of professional wrestling. Let's get back to ringside. I cannot believe Hogan would scoop that at all. Let's fly it off. Punch the leg. It's over. We have a new champion. Wrestling fans. WrestleMania 3 at the Silverdome in Pontiac, Michigan. You know that I'm the cream of the crop. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! What an incredible scene! Awesome. The WWE fans have got to There's nothing like the WWE, and this is why. The Triple H has got to be speedy. Welcome to... This is WWE Hall of Famer, the Think, Howard Finkel. Howard Finkel. drop. Welcome to episode 42 of the Top Rope Review, Detroit's number one source for pro wrestling and the official podcast home of Michigan's longest-running independent wrestling promotion, XICW. We are a proud part of the Podcast Detroit Network and the Point of Interest Podcast Network, and we are broadcasting live from the new Podcast Detroit Studios 2.0 in Royal Oak, Michigan. Which is not above Activate Gaming. It's not above. We're a couple of miles over from Activate yeah. Gaming. Um, I This is Julie Blattman's favorite podcast host, <laughs> Josh Schramm. Sounds about right. She's terrible taste. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So uh, I'll, I'll tell a Julie Blattman story in a minute. But. Here is the number one Pokemon trainer podcast of Detroit. I don't know if your mic's on, man. I can't hear you. Yeah, your mic is. I mean, you can leave it off. That's fine. But how's this? That's much, much better. better. That's I sexy. am the number one podcast uh, Pokemon trainer here at Podcast Detroit. That's got catch them all. I don't. I, I wonder if Jimmy from the Undercard would uh, would agree with you on that. I I will. I I'm not ashamed to say that you're probably a better Pokemon trainer than I am. I mean, you're on a shit team. Team Valor is a shit team, but it's the yeah. number one team. But I will. But I wonder if. Um, I wonder if you'd win a head-on-head battle with Jimmy from the undercard. I mean, the last time they were on the show, he went after the show to go hunt some Pokemon. He did. In a park nearby. I did did the same thing last week, too. I've been, um, so so I I can reach a gym from my my apartment. Yeah. So now I sit at home, and people battle this gym constantly. And whenever the gym, like, there's a split second between when someone takes a gym, and the gym's available for anyone to jump on it. Right. I just sit in my house and jump on the gym. Constantly, people yeah. get it's just it's so funny. Within like 10 minutes, the gym will change like three colors. I'm just sitting there sniping the gym. <laughs> and uh, Mike Pakalski is not here, he is having a good old time down at MIS. He's working uh, the Faster Horses uh, music festival there. Um, so that's I'm really glad that he's working it, not me. And he has quite the spe- spectacular. Farmer's tan, as we oh saw from God, social I'm media. I'm hoping he's fixing that this weekend because it's intense. Yeah, you need a tank top, dude. Come on. Well, you had a tank top on, so. Old, good old MIS. So, or old stomping <laughs> grounds. Yeah, we, used to, we worked security there with Tom. That was crazy. And last but not least. Tab. Uh, Twitter valet. <laughs> whoop. Best Pokemon trainer here, actually. Oh, no. I don't live by a gym, so what, I can't. What, uh, no. what level are you? Only like a 10? What's your highest Pokemon? Uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Do you know Josh? I don't know. So. No, I have no idea what your Wait, highest Pokemon Wait, what's your highest Pokemon? 
Uh, a 999. Oh, okay. wow. <laughs> no, it's sad though. I haven't broke a thousand yet. It's kind of a, it's kind of a, a disappointment <sighs> to myself. Jeez. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, and so we are. What are we drinking today, Will? Wheat beer. Wheat beer from the Falling Down it's Beer always, Company. It's always wheat beer lately. It's wheat beer. I don't know who. I don't know who over there or over here stocks our beer, but come on, let's change up a little bit. Will's. Will's looking for some of that Zen Panda, baby. Oh, that Zen Panda, which green, uh, for the longest t- time I thought it was beer. called Sad Panda. Sad panda. <laughs> Marcus Schwimmer is a Sad Panda. That's that's another story for another day and another podcast. But um, and so if you um, Falling Down Beer Company is keeps our show well hydrated, and they are located in Warren. Um, if you go to Falling Down Beer Company and mention Podcast Detroit, you get one dollar off your first beer. Let them know Wookie Will sent you. Yeah, and they'll say who's that. so and also um today we are wearing our scarlet and graves uh t-shirts our our newest sponsor uh scarlet and graves is a clothing company owned by the ohio's for killers um and um they you know dave christ yeah. yeah and um they, you know, they're they're. It's a clothing company for people who are limitless, and they, they that you know strive to be the best they can be, um, and they're creative and driven and passionate. And uh, so, we want our listeners, and and Scarlet Graves also want our li- listeners to be limitless people. Um, so we teamed up with them, and we have a t- uh, top rope ten is the offer code. It'll get you ten percent off of your order at scarletandgraves.com. And in addition to that, if you spend uh, $35 or more, you get free shipping. So we want you guys to head on over to scarletandgraves.com. That's A-N-D, not the and sign. I don't know. Can you put an and sign in a a website? I'm not sure. (laughs) Shut up. I'm just kidding. I am older older than you. Yeah. (laughs) So, but yeah, so go to scarletandgraves.com. The code is TOPROPE10 um, and be limitless today. I'm showing off the shirt on Facebook to everyone. Yeah, it's a beautiful shirt. It's actually really cool. Josh and Tab are repping it, so go to our Facebook page, Top Rope Review, to uh, give it a look. See, and they're really comfortable too. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's a nice material, nice fabric here. You won't, uh, and they have every, they have all sorts of stuff over there. They have t-shirts, hats, they have tank tops, they have hats, they have all sorts of cool different t-shirts. Um, I'm I'm going to be filling my closet with some Scarlet and Graves, so. It's pretty exciting. Big advantage of offer code. Yep. Oh yeah, you know it. <laughs> Top rope ten. Use it. So uh, some other things. We have XICW Proving Ground five. This no, not this Sunday. Next Sunday, July twenty fourth at the Ritz in Warren. Yeah, uh, we have the Attack at the Yak um, show featuring um, Sabu, the homicidal, genocidal, whatever, whatever. <laughs> I don't know his tagline. Um, and that's at that's in Wyandotte, so that's down in my old stomping grounds. Actually, I think my high school graduation was held at the Yak Arena, so which is the same place. And then also we have XICW two twelve this the very next night, Sunday, August seventh. So you have not one but two XICW shows the first weekend of August. So it's jam packed. Make sure you come out. We'll be there. Say hi, um, and it's going to be. A body slam blast. It's going to be awesome. Can't wait. I'm really excited for it. Cool. So uh, if uh, you guys want to chat with us about anything, you can hit us up on Twitter at Top Rope Review, or you can call us live in the studio here, 248-579-5295. Do it. Call us. Do it. Especially if your name's Tim Cole, you should call in. He's already tweeting us. I know. I'm Quit just, tweeting, I'm trying, call it. I'm trying to. He, he, trying doesn't, to, he doesn't believe that you guys actually did security at uh, wherever. I worked in private security for six years, Tim. At the races. <laughs> Don't you remember campus safety, Tim? <laughs> campus security. Six years. Six years I did. You take a nap with the radio by your head <laughs> while you were working. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, Tim, give us a call. It'd be awesome. Anyway, so this has actually been... Uh, it's been a pretty huge week in the WWE. Um, a lot of really exciting stuff has happened. And then we're also like right on the cusp of a, re- a lot of really exciting stuff. So what do we, what do we want to jump into first? You have any preferences, Will? 
Yeah, I want to take guesses at who the two GMs are going to be. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, so, I, and I, so <laughs> sorry to cut you off, but no, okay. I, I love the fact that, like, for months it's been, like, Stephanie versus Shane. Like, who's going to do it? Like, they basically, in one speech, Vince McMahon basically said, like, um, basically just undid everything that they did before. They just started working together. And like they're he's calling them out for it being like you guys are too friendly to each other, but then like told them to get GMs, which basically gives them both an excuse to no longer be on camera within two weeks, right? <laughs> or you know, it makes them. It's good though because it makes them. A, it makes both of them a special attraction, which is kind of what Vince has become. Um, but what I'm what I'm wondering, um, it. So I think you, so that raw that raw was actually in Detroit. We didn't go. Um, but uh, oh yeah, Michael's supposed to be here to tell us about it. Yeah. He's not. <laughs> but I actually, I actually thought I've I've thought that Raw has been rather lackluster the last couple weeks and this week as well. I mean, they closed the show with Vince basically making an announcement that we all already knew was coming. I mean, I, it, there's a little twist with the GM hirings, but we already knew that. Stephanie was going to run one and Shane was going to run the other. It's not like they were going to have anybody else do it. You know what I mean? So, um, but I'm not, I think I'm, you know, I hope that they do something fresh with it. I hope that it's not just like Teddy Long running SmackDown again and, you know, Johnny Ace running Raw again. I like, I think I've heard some rumors that it's probably going to be Daniel Bryan's going to be SmackDown. Yes, that's what I'm hoping. Get that that guy is so over. Get him on camera. It's I mean honestly, it's perfect. Well, I mean they're using them, they're using them for the cruiserweight thing right now. They used them for the fill-in for Hogan on uh, Tough Enough. Like people respond well to him yeah. as being He's huge, as being like the commentary announcer guy. So him as the GM would work well. Yeah. Well, and you know this the the way they're going right now too is. Uh, Shane is um, mega baby face, and you know that they're gonna you like you know that his appointment at least at this point is going to be someone who kind of falls in that category, and not very many of those, um, not very many of your GM figures have been baby faces. It's like you know Vicky Guerrero was not a bit like with the, with the exception of maybe like Commissioner Foley, one of the best, and Teddy Long, Teddy Long was kind of like a non factor. He's just like oh put people on a tag team playoff like it's not you know. It's not important, um, but I think Daniel Bryan would be huge. I, I'm. What do you think about Stephanie and Raw? I mean, so, so I think what's going to happen is Shane is going to take control of SmackDown. Uh, you know, he's control of SmackDown. He's probably Daniel Bryan's going to be his GM, and then within like two months, we barely will ever see Shane. I think Shane is not going to stick with the company. Yeah, it's extremely long. I'm. I'm still amazed he's been with it this long. But I think on Raw, it's going to be someone who is not going to get along with Stephanie very long. And I, and I think a storyline on Raw for a long time will be Stephanie and her GM going at it. Um, it's going to be... So, but who, who, could that, who could it be? I, yeah, that's... And, and I think... I mean, I don't know. I don't think I there's mean, anyone. Is Raw the place where they bring back one of the old GMs? I don't. I don't think they're going to bring back an old GM though. Yeah, it's it's there's, it's interesting. And thankfully, I'm so glad we only have to wait like another, you know, little over 24 hours before we find out, you know, who it's going to be. I, I think. I mean, I, who I would love to see them bring back, and who would kind of make sense, it would be Paul Heyman. Yeah, you bring him back, and, and he's he's only the GM and you know TV title, you know, because because I don't think he wants to do any of the back behind the scenes stuff as much. No. He got burnt um, out on that. Yeah, and they got burnt out on him doing that. But I do think having him be kind of the mouthpiece to Raw and kind of having this feud with Stephanie, where it's like. They want the same thing, but they just they butt heads constantly on things. I think that would be good. I I I, would, I like it. I don't know if that's the way they're going to go. It just sounds to me like Paul Heyman likes his limited engagement um, where he's at right now. But but um, it could happen. Well, and, and also if you're bringing back younger guys 
who retired recently, Edric Christian. Mm. Those guys are both, they both work on and off of the company. They both have good followings. People love to see them. Um, Mick Foley would be another <laughs> Tim one. Tim Cole said Eric Bischoff. I don't think so. I mean, it oh. could happen, but um, I don't know. I, I don't it. know, man. <laughs> well, I mean, well, time will. Hey, we have, like I said, we have a little over twenty four hours to wait until it's announced. Um, so we'll we'll know tomorrow for sure. Um, I know I was talking with Mike earlier, and he's pretty convinced it's going to be Kurt Angle coming back for Raw. <laughs> Mike and Kurt sure. Angle, hey, was, oh my God. Was Kurt Angle not the SmackDown GM at one point when he yeah. was hurt? Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. Hey, that would be – I don't I, – I want to I see Kurt Angle back in WWE. So if that's, if that's the way it's got to happen, then that's fine with me. They're going to bring him back as the – He's going to be a fighting commissioner. Yeah, which we don't. You know, we really don't see a whole lot of those. Well, you you won't. No, you you do see it, and what what you see is you see like Triple H, who's the COO. He's the leader of the authority, whatever, and he wrestles like three times a year. Which I think, honestly, so if Kurt Angle, what if she made what if Stephanie picked Triple H to be her GM? She could. <laughs> <laughs> I so I I'm a well. You and I are both Triple H marks. So like, I like Triple H in the heel authority figure role. I don't. I it's. I I don't mind it. Um, I was a fan of them during the original Emsley McMahon era. era. Yeah. Um, I think that that it works. Um, but I I think maybe they're moving away from that just because like he. So in reality, he is the face of like everything positive that's happening in the WWE. Like all the stuff moving forward, like the Cruiserweight Classic and. All the good stuff about NXT and, you know, like he's the – whether or not he's actually responsible for those things, what we've been led to believe in the way that it's presented is that he's the mastermind behind all of that stuff. So I think um, – and that and that whole thing has kind of been at odds with his on-screen persona. Yeah, so. for sure. For sure. You okay over there? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I, have a weird, I have a weird headache today. I can't shake you. Is it? Uh, you have you have fun yesterday. A, a little hang, too much fun. Hangover? I don't you need a don't, bloody mary. No, I don't think it's a hangover. I think it's a. Uh, it's my glasses have been giving me weird headaches. Mm, mm-hmm. Do you need a stronger prescription? Yeah, probably. Okay. Oh, no, did you just get those? Yeah. Aw. Maybe it's just you haven't played Pokemon Go in a couple hours. You're having I know, the server crash, and I'm going through. Ooh. Actually, I think it's a surgery withdrawal. I normally have like three <laughs> surgeries on Sunday. You have and I have a caffeine any. headache. <laughs> yeah. That's probably what it is. Because those are really bad. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about um, the Cruiserweight Classic. Because nothing else happened on Raw that's worth talking about, I don't, in my opinion. Um, hold on. What? We forgot the most. Those are called hangovers, Will. <laughs> 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 Just because you're the one buying me drinks last night, Dave. We have Dave popping in. <laughs> reminding so does that, make Dave the, does that make Dave the architect of your hangover? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> um, Anyways. I don't, we, there is the, the greatest cinematic fight of all time on Raw. How are we not discussing oh, right. that? No, yeah. Okay, no. So I do want to talk about this because... So we haven't talked about the final deletion on here because we don't really talk about TNA. But the final deletion got so much buzz that I figured I should watch it. And in it fulfilled all of my expectations. That's not which, what I'm talking about. Well, I know, but okay. the, the fight you're talking about is a direct that, ripoff of yeah. the final deletion. So I feel like <laughs> if we haven't talked about the final deletion, we need to talk about the final deletion before we talk about the Wyatt New Day fight. Um and the so the final deletion it it was exactly what I expected it to be, hot garbage, hot, steamy, stinky Matt Hardy garbage, <laughs> just like the rest of his career when he wasn't with his brother. People were no, it's go, it's I don't care. I don't care if Chris Jericho like likes it. I don't care. People, were, but it's not just that. It's it's for it's because it's it's, it's it's for different. at least twenty four forty eight hours. For once in their, in for once in like years, 
TNA or TNA had controlled the wrestling news cycle, and it was something that they did that people were talking about. Right. Because normally, like when when they're in the news, it's usually something very negative. Yeah. It's usually like some incidents just happened, or they lost their TV deal, something yeah. like that, or. Dixie Carter's mismanaging money, or yeah, or or, or one of their upset, one yeah. of their big talents leave and talks trash on them yeah. on podcasts. Like that's normally what their news is. And for once, people were talking about a match they did, and they're watching that match. And there's so many T-shirts. I think I really think people are buying those Matt Hardy T-shirts. Yeah, I just and maybe it's because I I've never I've never been a fan of Matt Hardy. I've always thought he was super boring. Um. I was a fan of his briefly after the, the uh, brand split originally when he, he was, was Matt Hardy version one. Yeah, stupid. But then, but then, like he went like became like version like two point one. It was like this is getting old. Yeah. Well, so and I think that's part of the thing is that and I said this, I said this when I was live tweeting last week because I I was actually during the raw commercials I was watching the final deletion, um, and I think that. People have gotten so excited about Matt Hardy's just been Matt Hardy, boring Matt Hardy his entire career. Um, and they were so excited that he did something to change his character that like people are not m- noticing that. Well, yeah, he changed his character, but the character he developed is bad. It's not good. It's not entertaining. And, and I don't like to watch like wrestling. And some people are saying like, his character and and the final deletion and all that stuff is like one of those things. It's so bad, it's good. It's like no, it's just bad. And like I, I don't want to watch wrestling that is so bad that it's good. Like I don't, I don't like that. That it, it like the it's so bad, it's good is like when um, you know Tensai and and the Funkadactyls used to have dance offs and st- like we used to have dance offs for stuff on Raw. Like that's no stupid. So. Speaking of that, though, almost immediately, WWE did a very similar thing with, in their storyline where the, the New Day went to fight um, the, the Wyatts at uh, their compound, which they're, obviously they're selling. I th- are they selling on TV? That Well, no, we ha- so we haven't seen – we haven't really had another broadcast where New Day could come out and show that they're, like, around. Well, it was SmackDown. Right. Did they were they on SmackDown? I don't know. Who watches SmackDown anymore? Damn. <laughs> it's not it's not worth watching until next week. Yeah. We've <laughs> been off the SmackDown. I don't know. It's like I just don't get my only thought is they're setting New Day up to lose the belt. And then once they lose the belts they're gonna split up. It, it, I I get it. They've been doing their shtick for a long time. But it's a bad idea. Well, it just makes no sense. The whole thing that made no sense to me was they cut that promo the week before where Xavier Woods, like, being like, no, like, guys, like, you guys aren't taking this seriously. Like, we shouldn't go to that compound. And then they do this weird fight sequence where all three of them are there. Wearing just like the weirdest combination of shit clothes. You know what I mean? Like, like you see them. Like, they wear street clothes to a ring and stuff. They never really kind of dress like that. They're all just wearing, like, these weird tank tops. And it's like, and you, they, it's just like, it made no sense that New Day just showed up there in the middle of a field and they started the fight. Like, this, to me, the story well, this, was very lackluster well, for what they were but, trying to build up. But at the same time, it's like, how much, how much backstory are they going to put on something like this? It's kind of like out of the realm anyway. I think, so I think, like, cinematically, in the way, in the way that, like, the way it was done was, I, I, I liked I liked it I I enjoyed it oh, I a, a it. lot more than the final deletion. I hated it. I, I, I just it looked to me the filming looked choppy. The it was supposed to be. It just it just the the whole fight to me made no sense. And there was like a scene where like half of them are like like fighting in the mud, and then like at the end of the fight, neither of uh, none of the guys are covered in mud. <laughs> yeah, Kofi was covered in mud. It was just like, I don't know, I was just like, why are we... I, I just makes no sense to what they're doing this. I got excited at the beginning, though, because I thought they were going to finally introduce a female member of the cult. Well, they kind of, they did without actually doing it. So New Day wasn't on SmackDown, um, but 
they they're like all over WWE Snapchat. Like their um, New Day is still working live events. So, well, and Xavier Woods been strongly catching Pokemon. Yeah, <laughs> his Instagram is just covered with Pokemon. He was at the I believe today he was at Nintendo in New York. So, yeah, he's a Pokemon trainer. I expire to be. Yeah, <laughs> there's. I think there's several aspects of our lives where we expire to be Xavier <laughs> Woods. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean that's the only thing on Raw I want to talk about. I would love to see the Ghostbusters, uh, the Ghostbusters, the New Day get dressed as Ghostbusters. Someone said that on our Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> Ghostbusters New awesome. Day. That would be that would be a sweet. Uh, maybe they come out a battleground like that. Well, he was saying it in regards to like when they showed up at oh, the yes. That would have been sweet. Um, but yeah, cruiserweight I, championship. I also think that oh. Xavier Woods got the most offense he's ever got in a match. In the, during that video, he was like hitting him with like ty- like tire rims and like all sorts of weird like. It was pretty. It was interesting. I think the one good thing that might come out of this is that they might actually finally do something. Productive with the Wyatts. I was gonna say maybe they would actually Xavier Woods will get a solo run and maybe they'll put Bell on. He'd be a great well, that, IC that, champion. That too, but I mean, I think that like we've long lamented the fact that the Wyatts could be so cool, but they don't they don't use them properly, and so that they're you know it's kind of they've kind of buried them consistently for quite some time. Yeah, we'll see if they survive the. Uh, Brain split. It's true. Maybe if if they get split up, you could grow your beard out a little bit and apply. <laughs> you kind of have another? that. You kind of have that down home <laughs> look about you. Oh. You can apply too. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Uh, my get, my grandpa asked me the last time I saw him. He's like, "Are you on that uh, duck program?" Josh is like, "What are you talking about?" I was like, "Oh God, <laughs> oh Duck <laughs> Dynasty is that still a thing?" <laughs> what's my grandpa? I don't think he's super up to date on what's on TV. He called it that Duck Program. So I was like, hey, "Like National Geographic on oh, special God. on ducks?" I, I knew watch. what he was talking about. I would watch that. Yeah, you would Duck Police. Anyway, uh-huh. yeah. So the Cruiserweight Classic. I'm really excited about this. It it has that, um, and I think this is what they're trying to capture. But it has that like Super J Cup, like New J- New Japan Pro type feel, and it kind of reminds me like they're putting so much emphasis on like, you know, this guy is representing Iran, and this guy's from Japan, and this guy's from Hong Kong, like that. It's it's almost kind of like, you know, the Olympics in a way, like. That maybe they do something like this every year or every couple years, and it's like they're they're kind of like international star thing, like you know. And it's like that thing. Like I love watching. Like I'm a huge Red Wings fan. I love watching hockey. But then like I'm, I get super excited every four years for the Winter Olympics to watch like the international hockey tournament. Like it's with all those guys, you know, like representing their countries and playing like. I think it has that kind of feel, and I'm, it's not something they've ever done before in the WWE, so it's it's really exciting. Well, and, and they were really building up everyone, too. Like, Daniel Bryan was talking about all the guys he'd wrestled before. Yeah. And they, they really, like, they acknowledged Ring of Honor. They, they, did they? told Yeah. Um, who did was they actually it? say Ring of Honor? Yes, they did. Who was I didn't catch I that. can't remember the guy's name now. Um, Ronaldo? But, but they, but they Mauro. were... Ronaldo, was that who you're thinking of? Well, he's that, that possibly, answer. but they said that he gave up a very lucrative career of Ring of Honor to come wrestle in the well, Cruiserweight no, so Championship. That, that's the only two people talking are are, are Daniel Bryan and yeah, Daniel Marl. Bryan said he goes oh, okay. he gave up a very um, lucrative career for for I can't remember which wrestler he was talking about though. So I was looking up some of the wrestlers, and some of them have actually already like even though they're not they're still in the Cruiserweight Classic, they've already been signed to WWE. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. just recently. Like well, yeah, and there's, there's, well, I think that's part of what they, the cruiserweight classic was to do was to help um, introduce some of these guys. It's, well, and some so they've they've WWE in the in recent years has very much opened up their. It used to be like if you got signed by WWE, that's who you're working for. No more independent dates. No more. No more nothing. And now they have, they have a tiered system where it's like. 
Um, they bring the the bottom tiers like they bring you in for like one off appearances or whatever, and you still work your indie schedule. Yeah, I think it said tier two. You can actually wrestle WWE, but you can take independent. Um, right, you take in the, you can still take independent dates, but WWE comes first in the second tier, and then the tier one is your your normal run of the mill old old style WWE only type contract. Um, and that's kind of why we're able to get like Tommaso Ciampa um, at our XICW events because he has that tier two contract where he works at NXT, but he also is able to take independent dates. So, so they they're using they're definitely using this as a recruiting tool. But I think a lot of these guys are here for this, but not necessarily staying um, and are working, you know, third tier, second tier contracts where they're able to. Do the cruiser? They do the cruiserweight classic, but they're not necessarily, you know, full time signed to WWE at this point. So yeah, um, I thought. Uh, so we saw we had we had the first episode on Wednesday. Uh, we we saw four matches. I thought all of them were pretty good. I thought some of them were a little bit better than others. Um, you know the the uh, I was really impressed by some of the stuff. That uh, Grand Malik, uh, Metalik did in that first match. Um, some, but you know, anytime you see a luchador who's coming straight out of, out of Mexico, you're, you know, especially a masked one. You're he was just like I'm walking pretty, across the top rope, like it was no big deal. Yeah, like, was just like, you see a lot of cool stuff. Um, it was, you know, it, was, it uh, harkened me back to watching uh, Ho Ho uh, Loon, kind of harkened me back to the Sp- to Spike Dudley because they were saying that Ho Ho Loon guy from Hong Kong. He's only 150 pounds, and he oh. looked like he was only 150 pounds. He's my he's my new favorite. I want him to win. Yeah, I was. I just love the fact that he it's was because you like, like ho hos. Yeah, <laughs> no. But for the first, I thought about like of all the like promos that can get cut on him with that name, which would be great. But then also the fact that they were just like. Yeah, when he was a kid, he started watching wrestling and told his mom he wanted to train. And then a year later, he found that he was training, like, ju- judo. Ju- ju- yeah. judo. And he's like, and then he, like, he founded, like, basically he brought professional wrestling to Hong Kong. Like, that's awesome. Yeah, no, that is really cool. Well, that's the same thing they were saying about um, Alejandro Sayas is he, that there are, he's from Chile, and there are no, there like, Chile doesn't have professional wrestling. It's like, he kind of. He had to go to Mexico and Japan to train, yeah. which is crazy. But I mean that's that's the way a lot of guys got their start like back in the day and it and we're kind of seeing this thing where like the territories aren't taking back over necessarily but the indie scene has gotten strong again um with like PWG and R- an ROH and but also like with New Japan becoming like a a global phenomenon again and like AAA becoming like a huge thing in the United States with Lucha Underground cuz Lucha Underground and AAA like have a have an agreement like yeah, they work um, closer together it it's it's a lot of your and and wwe you know kind of shifting their focus where they're 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 still building their homegrown dudes but they're all in and, and ladies but they're also picking up these indie darlings so it's like there was a time in in your in you know the in the that's probably stopped in like the mid 2000s where people were coming you know like so I'm, what i'm trying to say like chris jericho is like you're probably your last example of this on the active roster from the old days where he worked in japan he worked the indies in the united states he worked in europe he worked in mexico before he came to wwe wcw and then wwe and and then there was a long period of time where that didn't happen where people would you know they do a little bit of indies work maybe at, and and go to wrestling school and then they'd go straight to like ovw or wwe developmental and then and then they shape them and but now we're doing this thing where you have guys who have just made their main roster debuts like within the last year who have been working on the indies and across the world for you know 10 15 years before they make it here so it's 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 a huge shift in the way of thinking and the way they're presenting people and they're and you know they're not letting Sami Zayn be El Generico anymore but they are acknowledging his past and they are acknowledging, you know, where he's been and, you know, the kind of stuff that he's done without naming companies and such. So, yeah, which is, I mean, I, I was just surprised with how much they've been the prestige that they build every match for every competitor. Well, yeah, you want to make you got to make it a big feel 
because that's going to – I mean it's going to build – so you, you have you know, you have the two segments of the WWE audience. You have, the, you have us who are the people that have like – who are excited to see something new in the WWE. And we know who a lot of people – of these people are from reading magazines and watching stuff on the internet and watching New Japan and whatever, whatever. And then you have the audience that just watches WWE and maybe watches TNA or whatever, just watches the American product. And so for those people, you got to hype this up as huge because they don't already know who, you know, a lot of these people are. So, yeah, but I, I, I love the way it's being presented. I, the, ma- the match quality has been good so far. I think Daniel Bryan, they're both a straight man. There's no heel face, but I think Daniel Bryan and, and Morrow have been doing a really good job together. Yeah, I, one thing that cracks me up though is that the animations they use for like the intro and stuff <laughs> yeah. reminds me of like I, I feel like whoever got hired to make the animation was like got really high, played Mortal Kombat, and then was like, "Oh, I should make this animation because yeah. <laughs> all those guys uh, look I totally like agree. Mortal Kombat figures." Yeah, <laughs> um, and it's it's kind of it, it, it's interesting listening to these two and their all their like historical knowledge that they spew out it's it kind of reminds me of listening to Matt Stryker when he was in WWE and it's funny because I was really I used to really like him in his style cuz I like knowing all those little intricacies and like he I think like McMahon didn't like that so it you know he got booted or whatever well and I just like that they you know Dan Bryan really acknowledged his indie careers and gave props to all the guys he wrestled against yeah and then um, they acknowledge that uh, you know the other guy was the New Japan announcer for a while for a lot of big matches. You talking about Morrow? Yeah, yeah. So and he t- he was like, "Oh, I've had the honor, you know, calling several matches for this guy in, in Japan." Well, sh- I mean, shoot, man, how do you have how do you have Prince Devitt, Shinsei Nakamura, and half of the Bullet Club in your in your organization now, all at the top of the card, and not acknowledge New Japan Pro? You just yeah. you have to. <laughs> And then, you know, I think they're different enough that it's they're not even in competition with each other, really. No, really the, they it. definitely have a the two companies definitely have a very much a working relationship together now. Yeah. So, burning question is, who do you think is going to win? Well, man, I th- so the the from everything I watched the bracketology thing, and I watched the first episode. Um, if. Uh, that the um, what's his name uh, Kota Ibushi doesn't win, I'd be really surprised because they're they're putting him over huge. Mm-hmm. But I will well, say, and, and you had you have him, you figured too that you had him. He lost to someone who they really really built up the prestige of the guy's family lineages. You know they love building up the Samoan family. And they said that he was on July fifteenth. He was signed to WWE. So, I wonder if that has anything to. It's do with interesting it? though, because they only really build Samoans when it fits the their. Like, if you notice, um, the two Samoans who ever really made it out of like the tag team realm, or like being like a comedy act, or you know, do, getting any getting a heavyweight title or anywhere close to it, were ones that made it there without who their gimmick was not their heritage. Yeah. If you like, so think about it, like. Rikishi gimmick is his her- his heritage is his gimmick. Umaga his heritage is his gimmick. The Usos said their heritage is their gimmick. You know, Wild Samoans, uh, the Funky Samoans, like all those teams, Samoan Death Squad or whatever they were called. This you know, they they all they all play on their and they you know they wear like tribal stuff out to the ring. But then you have The Rock who made his who tried that for a hot second and then turned heel and never kind of looked back with it. You know they acknowledge it now, but it's, he's already made his fame. You know, and same thing with Roman Reigns. Like, I don't think any of us were really sure that he was Samoan, and they didn't talk about it in storyline until they brought The Rock out that one time. And now it's like him and the Usos. Oh, we're the bloodline. Blah 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 blah. But they are. They made him before they brought it up, and he's yeah. still. He you know he comes out in his bulletproof vest. He doesn't come out like wearing a grass skirt and all that and doing a kata and doing all the stuff that. You know, everybody else in his family has done, you know. So, yeah, I just really want Ho Ho Lin, Lin win. <laughs> yeah. Win over Hong Kong. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I uh, so Kenneth Johnson is from Detroit. Yeah, I saw that. I so, mean, do we uh, kind of root for him, yeah, hometown boy? I think we're, yeah, <laughs> you always got to root for the hometown boy. It's like I, you know, I remember. I, I remember always being so conflicted as a kid when uh, when Diesel and Shawn Michaels were feuding. Because I love Shawn Michaels, but I was like, "But Diesel's from Detroit. Like, I don't know what to do." <laughs> so, I've I'm always been a huge homer. It always ruins me when I uh, when any of my friends invite me to do like their they don't anymore because I because I don't really do a very good job. But anytime one of our friends like invites me to do like fantasy sports, I'm just like, "How many Red Wings can I put on this team?" You know, like <laughs> it's always it's always like that. So yeah, my, my fantasy football. Drafting for the past few years is basically be just as many Lions players oh, as possible. Oh, no, totally. I know. That's why I, I was setting you up for that because I know that you're the same way. <laughs> but it, it filled me last year. Yeah. <laughs> so I, yeah, I, and so we have four more matches next week. Um, and it looks, I think it's 10 weeks, 32 competitors, uh, 30 or 16 countries. It's, it's, it's got a really sweet feel. And I hope that it's something that they start doing, you know, every year. It'd be really cool. I yeah, like tur- I well, like tournaments. It's cool, and I also feel like this will um, hopefully like reunite the cruiserweight division for them. Yeah, because um, I feel like some of their best workers and in, traditionally in, in some of the best guys have always been the cruiserweights, and it's kind of like they kind of like when they got rid of the like heavyweight belts and they got rid of the the uh, cruiserweight belt, they kind of they kind of turned the U.S. belt and the IC belt into that, but it's just not quite the same prestige or the same match qualities. Totally. And I and I I think the the cool thing about them pulling in all these people from all over the world and only using a couple WWE names, couple. Well, obviously they brought a couple people back like Tajiri and Brian and the Brian Kendrick and um, and then there's a couple NXT people in there like Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. But like they because it's mostly unknowns. Like so, like what I mean is. Nowadays, say they decide to do like, oh, the the heavyweight title is upheld, and we're doing a tournament, or we're doing that tag team tournament for the with the new day that just did, or like any of those they do on the main roster. Like you look at it and you're like, oh, okay, so only like two people in the tournament actually have any chance, to you win. know, based on yeah. ba- based on how we know they book people, you know, only like two of them have a chance to win. With them all being mostly unknown, we don't really know what they're gonna do. So that 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 and that unknown makes it more enjoyable as well. But I yeah, I would say that um I would say uh, Kota Ibushi is either going to win or going to go he's definitely going to go pretty far cuz they they are uh they are billing him as very very um a very very good per, you know wrestler and about how hard he kicks and all that stuff. So yeah, I think I think he's definitely if he doesn't win the whole thing, he's definitely going to be in the last, you know, two matches. Yeah, final four, whatever. So, um, one little thing that I uh, that I noticed while I was watching that is one of the commercials, and I just wanted to mention this because I'm excited about it. But they are finally making a Scott Hall career retrospective DVD. That would be that's sweet. super super sweet. I love Scott Hall. I always have. So, um, and I'm glad that you know, I'm glad that they waited this long because. Because they waited this long, we're getting something really good instead of getting like a self destruction of the Ultimate Warrior, where they're just bashing and we're talking about whatever. You know, the way, the fact that he's been able to clean himself up and get get back in shape and all that stuff, and so yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty excited. You know, but I love everybody that's in the click, so it's just how it works. So, um, real quick, wanted to talk about uh, the Shinsei Nakamura Finn Balor match. I mean, it's kind of it was everything we I think everyone expected it to be. Um, very hard hitting, methodical pace, not real fast pace, it, and, it, and it definitely built on itself as it went. Uh, Tab, I think didn't you say you're not you're still not really sold on Shinsei? You think it's kind of boring? Yeah, you keep reassuring me that it's it's just how his style is, but I'm yeah. like, oh, how can I sit here for an hour and watch him wrestle? It's it, I, I understand it, but I just think it's boring. I don't know. Yeah. Weird. Huh? The crowd was so into it. I mean, it's an NXT crowd, so they're always trying to get themselves over. But at one point, they were so they were cha- they were trading chants, you know, for the two wrestlers. But then at one point, they were just chanting, "Both these guys, both these guys," <laughs> and I was like, "That's kind of perfect." <laughs> so, yeah, and so Shinsei. I mean, Shinsei won, um, and that I think that makes sense as well because I, th- it's. Um, 
Finn Balor doesn't really have anything else to do in NXT. And I think it's about time that he comes up. And it's a perfect time. Losing this week to Shinsei Nakamura um, is a perfect timing so that he can get drafted on Tuesday, next Tuesday. What do you think? Yes. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I definitely think the the NXT roster is going to be heavily rated for drafting. I just hope they pull him. I hope that he's the... He's the one that maybe they show like this is how we're we're pulling up NXT per people and he's like the first one they pull up. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I th- I think unless they're going to discontinue that brand, which they're not, um, I don't I don't know how many people they're going to pull up. I mean, they pull up some, but I don't think they're going to pull up that many. But I think at one point, there's, I, but there's so many people because well, I think they need both some NXT guys up because they need to beef up their. Yeah. Once, once, if you look at the main rosters and you look at the people who actually get TV time, you divide those in half. It's not going to be a whole lot to fill. No, I know. Especially if Raw is still going to be three hours long. So it's it. it they're going to need to pull up, and I think they're going to pull up guys like Finn Balor, who it's like there's nothing left for them to do in NXT for what NXT is supposed to be. If yeah. it's supposed to just be developmental brand. To get the guys ready for the main roster, he's been ready for the main roster for a year now. Yeah. Well, I'm wondering if this is also going to be kind of like the Royal Rumble. Well, you know, they've already they've already hinted at it, and ta- there's been sumer- numerous news stories. But I think we're going to see a couple surprise returns on Tuesday as well. People getting drafted to SmackDown and Raw that haven't been in the company in a little while. People, not necessarily Kurt Angle, but people no, like Kurt, Kurt Angle. Angle. People like the <laughs> people like Jeff Hardy. You know, people are people like probably not the Hardys because they're still under contract. I hope Benjamin Sheldon. Sheldon Benjamin, yeah, yeah. I, I could see him coming back. I'm sure there's a couple other people that like that maybe will be genuinely shocked because we didn't even think of them, like people that haven't been around. I will just be jumping in joy when Kurt Angle makes his return. <laughs> as soon as he, as soon as he, as soon as this music hits, I'm calling Mike. Like, <laughs> oh, me too, me too. <laughs> <laughs> just, just for the next hour straight. Just like, like face Mike, yeah. Mike. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So speaking of that, we're coming up against the hour here. So I know we wanted to do a little mocked draft of sorts. So how do you want to do this, William? Um. Do we want do do we want to do it where like one of us is Ron, one of us is SmackDown, or sure? I will be Smacky Downy. You would be the B show. <laughs> uh, it's going to be the A show. Who who poked their head in? Jess. Okay, get out of here, Jess. Uh. <laughs> okay, so do we just we go back and forth or? Sure, let's do this old old uh, pick gym team style. <laughs> Okay. So, as the better show, I, I, I will, will let you. For, I will let you. Go I will first. go first as my first pick. I will wait. Are we doing champions can be drafted? Yeah. Okay. As my first pick, I would draft Dean Ambrose. Okay. Uh, John Cena. Charlotte. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I this is going to derail this, but I do you think that they're gonna. I think it makes more sense to put all the div- all the women on one show instead of splitting the show instead of splitting them because I don't think even if they pull up a bunch of people from NXT that they have a deep enough female roster to not to split them. It, it all depends on what they do with the belt, yeah. Because because uh, as it is now, the main storyline for the women's belt is always. Like the main women's storyline is always either two friends feuding or the belt feud, or sometimes both. In the case of what's been going on lately, yeah. So I don't, I don't, I don't. I think they will split them. I think, I think they will have about five women on both shows, maybe six. Okay, and that'll be it. But okay. it, this doesn't make any sense with the belt, though. Sasha Banks, Becky, Seth Rollins, Bailey. Why are you taking all the girls? <laughs> I can't believe uh, you didn't take Bailey Josh God. You stupid idiot. You pick Sasha Banks over my girl? You uh, would. Have you seen Sasha Banks? Yeah, and I hear you talk about her all the time she too. She is gorgeous and an awesome wrestler. Mm. And gorgeous. And way better on the mic than <laughs> Bailey. Whatever. And gorgeous. 
Is it me or you? It's me, because you said Bailey. Um, Kurt Angle. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, Kevin Owens. Dang, that's who I was going to take. Legitimately. Sami Zayn. So how many have we done? (laughs) You guys just ride the fire them off the king. Yeah. Like five, maybe? Okay. Um, Randy Orton? The Miz. Hmm. Cesaro. Rusev. Yeah. Where's this go? You have you have four belts on your yes. <laughs> Did you have to do all the belts? <laughs> all right, this is this is uh, this is deteriorated. Very quickly. <laughs> we gotta go anyways. Yeah, so that was our show this week. Um, so this uh, now, like I said, this week was really huge, but this next this next week is going to be. Um, even bigger because we have the first live SmackDown on July, on July 19th. Good, the draft. And the draft. And we answer so many questions. We have the G, GM uh, announcement tomorrow. And then we have another uh, We have another week of um, another episode of the Cruiserweight Classic and the former matches in the first round, which we get to see to Jerry, which I'm pretty excited about that. So it's going to be another sweet uh, week of wrestling. And then obviously if you're – um, in town, you can go to XICW Proving Ground 5 on Sunday as well. So, um, And um, we are going to be at Warp Tour on Friday at the Palace of Auburn Hills. Yep. And there is a Detroit-style wrestling show at 2 o'clock, as, at I two think o'clock it as part of that as well. So I, I know I think uh, XICW's uh, Jamie Cox and I think, I think Malcolm uh, DBA is going to be there as well. So um, that should be pretty cool. I hope no bands that we like are playing while that wrestling show is going on so we can go watch it. If Real Big Fish is playing at the same time, I will be watching Real Big Fish. Yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm with you. Don't worry. Um, yeah. It's funny because Danny, uh, we told Danny that there was wrestling, and he was like, "Why is there wrestling at everything?" And I was like, "I've been ty- trying to tell you for years that wrestling is pop- more popular than you know." There's been wrestling at Warp Tour like every year yeah. I've ever gone Danny, to so. Warp Tour. Yeah. So um, that's our show for this week. Big thanks to Falling Down Beer Company for keeping us hydrated. Big thanks to Scarlet and Graves for keeping us well dressed. And um, thanks to Wookie Will for running the board. I don't know. And uh, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Top Rope Review. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Top Rope Review. And go to topropereview.com to find all of our stuff is there. And um, if you ever miss us live, you can check us out on SoundCloud and iTunes within a couple days of the broadcast. Check me out on Instagram at Wookie Will. Actually, that Will is pizza. I'm sorry. Doesn't to, even know uh, did you see all yeah. the uh, awesome Pokemon catching? Yeah, and um, I'm uh, I'm Battle of Tanab on Instagram and Twitter. It's an obscure Star Wars reference. No one cares. Oh, <laughs> I have more followers than you do okay. on Instagram. Right. Tab, did you want to know? Uh, tab though with three A's at the end. If you can figure out how to spell it, great. Cool. Cool. <laughs> I'm not gonna spell it out. Two B's. 17 C's. <laughs> There's no C's in her name. Nope. All right, guys. See you next week. See ya. You're listening to a previously recorded episode of the Top Rope Review Show.